Hello, friends. Welcome back to and also with y'all, the Reverend James D. Franklin III, your co-host here, coming at you amidst the monotony of social distancing. It's just dragging on. Amidst endless house projects, amidst tripping over my daughter's Legos, and amidst forgetting to unmute myself before speaking on yet another Zoom call. However, this is a time of deep awakening that even in the midst of all this distancing, there's an opportunity to awaken to ourselves. We are already experiencing it as a society. We see it in the news and we have this opportunity to change things that are unjust and calling for justice. And we are awakening to this divine love that's calling us to our true home in God. In this episode, co-host Eliza talks with friend Jack Cottrell. I really love this conversation, and I hope you will too. Jack's experience is, well, it's, it's typical of Episcopalians growing up very active in church, but then in college, taking a break, more or less. And I did the same thing. Part of it is figuring out our own belief system. My Baptist counterpart at Wake Forest University always says that college is like a stack of books, and each book in the stack is what you experience as true in this world. And then in college, you either kick it over, or crisis comes along and kicks it over, or some external force comes along and knocks over that stack. And the question is, what books will remain in the end? What books will you keep? What will you restack? Well, you'll find out the answer to that question for Jack. And without further ado, enjoy this conversation between Eliza and Jack. This is the fourth episode in the podcast series, uh, Distancing Diaries. We are a series of the podcast and also with y'all, which you can find on the Yeah app. That's the Young Episcopal Adult Hub. Uh, You can find this podcast and many other spiritual resources um, and opportunities to connect with other young adults in Central North Carolina. To find us on the App Store, just search Yeah and See and we should pop right up. And just a reminder for these uh, episodes for Distancing Diaries, we are featuring a different young adult in each one uh, who has a unique perspective on this pandemic period. Um, And I'm so excited today to be joined by Jack Kittrell, who is a research technician in the biomedical research field. He works for a contract company in the Triangle that examines what chemicals and environmental pollutants could do to the human body, which sounds quite interesting. Jack, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll start off by just uh, saying that you went to NC State University in Raleigh, correct? Right. Yeah, I transferred uh, to NC State from uh, Pitt Community College in Greenville around uh, 2015. So 
got an associate's degree, finished up the last two years of uh, uh, bachelor's in science, biology, graduated 2017. Uh, luckily, I got a job like a couple months after college, and I've been back up here in the Triangle ever since. Yeah. And did you grow up in Greenville? I did, yes. Uh, we, I grew up with my family on the very edge of the city limits. Ours was the first property uh, just outside the city. I'm the oldest of three brothers, so, and we had like a little farm back then with a couple horses and some cats and stuff. It's apartments these days uh, because we, when I was in middle school, I wound up uh, moving out to Farmville. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. And did you and your your brothers, did you guys go to church growing up or was that not really a part of your your raising or what was kind of your, like, did your family kind of engage in like a spiritual life together? Yeah, we did. Um, we went to St. Paul's Episcopal Church in like downtown Greenville, right yeah. next to ECU. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we started going to... I started off in uh, like pre-K there, and I want to say we started like being Sunday churchgoers around when I was five. So that would have been just around the time uh, my second brother was born, give or take. And were you guys pretty involved at St. Paul's or? Yeah, uh, fairly. Um, We went to church every Sunday back in those days, went to Sunday school, and um, my my father's a semi-professional cellist, and all of us three um, Kittrell kids are also play the cello. So we would wind up like doing the occasional church service there. Uh, typically, like two or three during the year, they would invite like a full orchestra to play during the service. So yeah. we were kind of the go-to cellists. So, as you were growing up at church, like what kinds of things? were you involved in and like why did you choose to stick with because obviously you chose to stick with the Episcopal Church like why did you why did you decide that that was the route you wanted to keep going on because you know some people when they get to college they decide oh like I'm gonna try out this other tradition or I'm not gonna do church for a while or what did that kind of look like for you? Yeah for me um, I didn't stick closely with the Episcopal Church through college like before college at St. Paul's in Greenville. Um, in addition to the like regular music stuff, I was involved in choir. We went to like Wednesday night suppers and that sort of thing, helped with fundraisers as like all the parishioners do sometimes. Um, and at, at first when I was really young, it was kind of like, well, my parents are telling me to do it. So I'll go to church and my friends are there. So I'll go do that. I got confirmed in the church, uh, I wanna say in middle school. And that's when I really started like understanding kind of the liturgy and the catechism and like the the meat behind why the Episcopal Church, uh, what it believes in and how those beliefs can be slightly different than other Christian denominations. Mm. And um, when I got to college and uh, kind of, well, NC State anyway, and started like branching out a little bit, I kind of went through a period of not quite it's not atheism but it's the one where it's like you know there's a god agnostic agnosticism i think is what yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so in college i went through a period of like almost agnosticism Mm -hmm. like i figured christianity was 
in the right place, but I wasn't certain it was in the Episcopal church where I would find it. Mm. Um, the like ceremony and rhythm that I had enjoyed when I was younger kind of got dull mm. in sort of mm -hmm. my late teenage years. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I uh, found it very rote and um, I wound up kind of straying away from the church. I don't think I really attended any services during college of any sort, except for some guest services to other faiths to kind of like see what they were all about. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until, honestly, 2018, where I got a text from uh, one of my friends from St. Paul. Mm -hmm. uh, her name was Robin. She had moved up to the area and had gotten a uh, position helping out with the Episcopal Campus Ministry at NC State. Uh, she said that uh, graduates were invited and that at that point um, ECM was still just starting to get into young adult ministries instead of specifically college students. And she right. said, it'd be great to see your face. Why don't you come on by? And uh, I came in and uh, the Episcopal campus ministry, you know, it's in a, it's not in a proper church per se. It's right. like a, a renovated house. Yep. The Cheshire so like house the, on, yeah. I think it's Hope Street in Raleigh. Yeah. Yeah. Ironically on Hope Street. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's parallel with Hillsborough. Or perfectly on yeah. Hope Street. Yeah. <laughs> so. Gotcha. Uh-huh. And what did you find there? Like, did you, did you, were you surprised? Did you find like community there or? you got involved kind of right yeah, off the I bat did. or yeah I definitely found community there um because uh when I went I was picturing um some of the other campus ministries go to churches in the area whereas this one is its own church its own mm -hmm. mission and um that that kind of you know when when uh when a lot of folks my age think of church they think of like folks who have been there for decades on decades, mm. the parents went, the grandparents went, and they're serving their time there. Uh, you think of families with kids and um, a smattering of other adults, mm. whereas not a lot, you know, your age. And m much as it is, uh, Christ teaches us to like be friends to all, it's nicer when those friends are like closer in age to you and can share some experiences. So, yeah, but at um, at Cheshire House, it was specifically all these college age folks who were going through the same sort of like young adult growing pains that we all go through trying to like figure yourself out and who you are. And um, it was nice to have Cheshire House as kind of a rock to come to. Mm. And um, the uh, the minister at the time, Adrian, mm -hmm. uh, was wonderful. Uh, you would. You could come to her with, for asking for advice, and uh, if you had trouble, she could help sort it out and kind of take lessons from the Bible to help with that. And that's continued in with our uh, current minister, Caleb. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I and it's it's interesting to hear you say that because um, I feel like I also kind of went through the same period in college a little bit. Um, I think you're right. Like, I think especially in mainline tradition churches where the worship tends to be maybe a little more traditional, you tend to think like, oh, it's all people over 65 or young families or, you know, there's not a lot of just, you know, single, like young, you know, like, and, yeah. and not college students even, but just like young professionals. It's just not, 
we just don't have a lot of them, um, unfortunately. It's kind of a shame, really. It is a shame, yeah. But when you find that, when you find that community, I think that can be so key. And as you said, it was kind of nice that it's like not a part of any one parish necessarily. Like you, it was sort of your own congregation in a way, almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's awesome. So switching gears just for a second, we're going to kind of circle back to your, your faith life now, presently. Um, but I wanted to ask you about your, your work. So how did you decide to go into this line of work that you're in? How did that, how did that come about? <laughs> um, I kind of fell into it, honestly. Mm. Um, since I was young, I really like enjoyed you know, I growing up on the farm, you sort of like understand life sciences in a sort of intuitive way, seeing uh, the animals move and whatnot, uh, plants in the garden grow. And I really took to science in school. And I really had a fantastic uh, biology teacher at the community college. I know most people say, you know, my high school teacher got me into that, but I was actually homeschooled. So my high school teacher was my mom. Mm, nice so, yeah theoretically she got me into it she and dad were the ones who like had the animals and stuff but um it was really my uh community college biology teacher miss atchison who really opened things up for me you know just like how complex life is and how interrelated every step of it is from like the subcellular level where you got all the proteins like copying the dna and this protein makes that one, makes that one, makes that one, and it causes the cell to release whatever. And you can see all these layers of organization right up to like mm, the environmental yeah. and ecosystemic level. Mm. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. Nice. So um, when I got to state, I found out that most people take like concentrations in, in biology. They'll focus on like cell level or ecology or somewhere in between medical and I never really got a specific route. The best I had was research. I wanted to, you know, help people as most folks do, but I wanted to do it through like discovering things or helping with the process of looking into various like compounds or drugs or mm -hmm. maybe something we find in the environment, maybe analyzing some bacteria that we find in the soil that does some cool stuff. Right. Um, so, or ways in which it might negatively affect people as well, right? Right. Yeah. Like uh, a certain virus we can think of right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. Uh, we'll have to come to it eventually, right? <laughs> it's yeah, kind of in the yeah, name. Yeah, it's kind of a part of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Um, so I graduated from college and um, you know, thought to myself, well, I, I kind of want to go into the research field. Mm. And... Um, August 2017, I applied to and got hired at my current company. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really nice, actually. Um, it's a fairly small-ish company. When you think of biomedical, you think like hundreds and hundreds of workers at a single site, but we're not quite that many. So um, there's still that sort of interpersonal, everybody knows everybody type stuff. And one of the nice things about our kind of research is that it's varied. So like some days you might be going over records, other days you'll be doing things with like the, the cells that we use in our research, or you'll be crunching numbers, or you'll be um, 
constructing, basically taking the protocol that we're asked by the client to do whatever with and figuring out how to take that and make it into doing science, the actual wet work. Mm -hmm. And that's really nice, that like varied routine of it. And I can see some of the results of uh, what we've done. Right. And that's great that you can actually like see that, like you can see what you produced, I guess, or, or what difference you've made. I'm, I'm kind of, this is going off script a little bit, Jack, but I'm interested in like, do you sort of see your work intertwining like with your faith? Like what, what do you, do you see any kind of relationship between the two or how, I mean, it struck me when you said that you're kind of helping people through this job, like maybe it's almost, that could almost be related to our call as Christians to, to, to serve others. Um, but do you see any, any other kind of relationship or, or is that just totally out of left field? <laughs> no, it's not out of left field, actually. Okay, good. There, there is the yeah. aspect of helping others through our Christian faith and all that. But for me, the, the biggest faith tie-in with my job is being able to see just the complexity of mm. all the systems yeah. in like individual organisms, big and small, and then yeah. their environment, how that affects them. It's just like, you know, th- there has to be, to me, grand design in it for it to be as flexible and thorough. And, and intricate. Just, and, yeah, yeah, and just cool. Yeah, just is. beautiful. I mean, when you were describing yeah. it, I almost thought about like the creation story right and like yeah if we don't you know we're not necessarily taking that literally necessarily but just the beauty and the pope the like the poeticness i don't think that's a word but the the poetry (laughs) of it i guess is what i'm trying to say is is very i don't know like as you were describing it it automatically made me think of that so Yeah. yeah that's that's really cool so going back to that virus which whose name we were not gonna say how is the pandemic kind of affecting your your work life or just you and your attitude towards work or or whatever so uh in my work life it's you know it's affected everybody fairly severely um i've been a lot of folks are kind of enjoying being at home and having time to slow down i'm actually enjoying the fact that i have to go into work you know um like you i i don't want to take the cells i work with home and I'm not allowed to anyway, the FDA would kind of get mad at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, have, they have regulations <laughs> yeah. against people taking cells and bacteria and stuff. For good reasons, I'm sure. For yeah. very good reasons. <laughs> um, so yeah. it's been nice to be able to go in and actually see people. Mm-hmm. I'm a very like, or a fairly extroverted person. I like talking with people and seeing them. Mm-hmm. So still having that constant has been nice, especially since you know, for me, I'm... I'm going out like three nights a week to go eat with friends or to like go to Wednesday or Sunday services and then uh, like meditations at church or just hanging out and what have you. And I've really missed that. Yeah. Um, It's, it's definitely, I'm before all this started, I got uh, diagnosed with among other things, uh, chronic depression, Mm. I'm medicated. It's all fine, but you know, it all just kind of wears on you. Mm, you go, yeah. I can go to my job and then I stay here at home. Um, occasional errands, you know, we're recording this in late-ish May, so things are starting to open back up, but life isn't quite normal yet. 
and yeah. um yeah yeah and i'm really happy that we've been able to do at least church services online mm. you know whether it's like the pre-recorded stuff or like uh caleb's been doing uh, online bible study with us just yeah. to like see everybody and be like hey you're still here you you're like you're fine yeah and for our listeners that's the episcopal campus ministry um chaplain i guess is his his title or something like that um yeah yeah caleb Tabor. he's great yeah he's uh, fantastic yeah I, I feel kind of bad for him he <laughs> um he kind of came in and had like a month and a half to get used to everything and yeah. then stuff started shutting and down this <laughs> happened i know yeah. yeah but look at i mean yeah it's been really beautiful i think what like the church has done in this time yeah and yeah. as as someone who like works in the science field, it's been really nice to see the Episcopal Church taking this seriously. Um, mm. I remember yeah. the last like in person meeting that I had with uh, Caleb and um, Winnie, who is what would Winnie's job title be like? Winnie is or... um, she, I know was it Robin Brown who was your friend? Yeah, um, she and was in Robin's position, and I I can't remember. I do work with Winnie quite a bit, so this is a little embarrassing that I don't remember <laughs> what her position is. Wow, but wow. she's she's sort of like Caleb's assistant a little bit. She she helps him with um, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, helps him with like <laughs> scheduling and yes. um, in like the church services themselves. But yes. I remember um, I think it was like a Wednesday night Bible study we had <laughs> where we decided to like go for a walk for a little while and this was like just as we had the first case of covid diagnosed here in raleigh mm. like mm -hmm. just that week and um yeah i remember asking caleb what the church was doing and he was like yeah we're already implementing social distancing and yeah uh you can't drink from the wine chalice. cup yeah Alice, yeah, mm -hmm. and several other things washing hands all that good stuff and i was that that's comforting to know that um the church takes this sort of stuff seriously mm, yeah well and it sounds like like the church is a pretty big part of your just weekly life so it's yeah. a good thing that they're able to put a lot of this stuff like digitally i'm sure it's not the same though i mean i know it's not the same for me yeah but but it's also i mean you're talking about your job at least you have like somewhat of a routine right? Mm -hmm. Which for you is probably helpful. Um, Extremely. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting because I'm, I feel like I'm more of an introvert. So I've actually sort <laughs> of like thrived in this. Um, I hate to say it because it's, but I no, think, you're, you're I think it's okay. Alone. I'm not saying the, but that I'm glad that obviously this is all happening, but yeah, I, th I think I've, I've liked, you know, curling up in my, in my room and in my corner and but yeah. yeah, but I can see how for someone who's more extroverted, and you talked about dealing with depression too. I mean, I can see how that routine and like seeing people would be helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. So how do you, have you sort of like thought consciously about like how um, the pandemic is sort of affecting your faith? Have you reflected at all on like, you know, just what might be your relation like what might be the relationship between your spirituality and and the pandemic or you know do you see your relationship with god a little differently or has it highlighted something about christianity or about your faith like 
more so than was highlighted before in your life or just any like realizations that you've had kind of in, in this time? I'll be honest, Liza. I don't know whether to say, yeah, that's a very broad question or yeah, it's that's a bunch broad. of very good questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, a super broad question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the way that I, the way that I wrote this was how have the changes or challenges you've faced in your work slash personal life altered the way you see your faith playing a role in your life or altered the way you see your relationship with God or just highlighted a certain aspect of it or changed the way you see yourself as a Christian. So I was trying to blend <laughs> all of those things together in a very like informal, graceful way, but I don't know that it came across that way. <laughs> <laughs> given, given all this, how do you faith? Right. Yeah. How do you, how do you faith right now? Yeah. That's, uh, that might faith? be the good way of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure that you've heard this with some of the other folks you've interviewed and talked to for podcasts, but, you know, a greater appreciation for what you have in the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, times like this, it makes you think of that parable with Job who, like, has everything taken away from him mm. and still yeah. trying to be thankful through that hardship. Mm -hmm. uh, I think one of the things um, we've been doing in Bible study digitally is uh, the book of Exodus. Mm. Kind of like yep. the journey of the Israelites from mm -hmm. Egypt, turning them from like fairly okay posh workers into slaves and then getting out of there, wandering around in the desert for a while because they've messed up with God mm -hmm. and then finally being able to start their little nation state. Right. Um, kind of like seeing some of the trials and tribulations they go through has also kind of been helpful because this is, also kind of a trial, you know? Yeah. It's funny, Jack, because I, I was just interviewing this other couple that I mentioned to you before we started recording mm -hmm. this evening, um, who were uh, dealing with parenting during this time. And, and he mentioned almost the exact same thing. He said, you know, some of those Old Testament stories are starting to really hit different right now. Because like we are, it's almost like we're closer to that. And I don't know if it's that like, we're realizing that we're not as in control as we thought we were, or we were in control and we're just losing control, or if it was just kind of all an illusion before, or like, I, I don't know. It's like we're kind of back to basics or something. I don't know if I would say illusion. I would just say more that like society's interconnectedness is very fragile and mm -hmm. needs to be appreciated. Mm-hmm. Because, like, mm. even though we're still sort of seeing intersectionality right now, we're definitely not seeing as much as we normally, mm, excuse me, as much as we normally would. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And one of the other valuable things for me, like, faith-wise is that while your faith, like, your own faith in God is very personal and specific to who you are, I think that um, it's defined by... The reflections of it in other people if that kind of makes sense you know like being able to hear other people's takes on you know some of the things happening in exodus and what they get out of it or um some of the ways that they react to this crisis it, it really it let, makes me kind of step back and think about how that affects me and mine mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah. 
yeah, hearing what, hearing about other people's um, experiences. And can, really quick, can you go back to, you're talking about intersectionality. Can you like define what you mean by that? Because I'm not sure that everyone would know what that means, like from where you're coming from. Uh, I might not be coming at intersectionality from the usual faith-based. I think I was looking more for like interconnectedness. Interconnectedness, yeah, okay. Yeah, and just like how uh, so many groups in our society are connected to one another and depend on what each of us does, mm. you know? So do you think, you think it's that this crisis is kind of illuminating the fact that like we're not as like we are dependent on each other and we need to remember that is that yes yeah yes. absolutely yes. yeah um yeah there's a part in the book of common prayer that reminds us and i can't remember where it is it might be in one of the daily offices but it 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 it's a prayer and it says god remind us that that we are dependent on one another's toil which mm -hmm. i think is so incredibly relevant right now so Extremely. yeah yeah i absolutely agree one more thing I just wanted to touch on that you said a little bit earlier that I'm interested in. You said you're, as a person of science, you're really glad that the Episcopal Church is taking this seriously. And I mean, what do you, what do you kind of make about, because there are a lot of different theories out there right now about this virus and it's almost becoming this kind of political issue and yeah. there's a, there's a division there. And can you just kind of like, again, super vague question, but just like, tell me your thoughts. Um, or how you feel about that kind of confusion that's going on. Yeah. When, I know that um, when some people think of any religion, not just Christianity, but any religion, uh, they think of something that's very separate from science. And mm. for some people it is. But for me, and I know for a lot of other scientists, because the church was a big patron of science way back in the day because it had the money and resources for that. Mm -hmm. Science and faith kind of go hand in hand. Mm. You know, um, yeah. like, what are we, 2020 right now? So 75-ish years ago, mm -hmm. 100 years ago, um, we were just finding out about like the structure of DNA and how viruses work. Heck, 100 years ago, we weren't even sure the flu was caused by a virus. We thought it was a bacteria at first. Mm -hmm. And sort of like seeing the connection for me between science, which is like concrete stuff that we do know about, but also faith being the stuff that we can't necessarily put our hands on mm -hmm. yet or ever, but still being able to believe in it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's also kind of reflected in the scientific method a little bit. When you really tease it apart, all the scientific method is, is here are the facts that we have. Given all this, I have faith that this will happen because of these facts. And then mm. you test it and you see yes, no, kind of. Mm. And then that goes back into the other facts. So, you know, there, there is that interconnectedness in the science world. And I like... I like seeing that sort of in the Episcopal Church, that acknowledgement. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the idea that like the two don't have to be mutually exclusive, right? No. Like sometimes I find some, some folks in the church from like being well-intentioned, but try yeah. to almost like um, back things up like back things up in the Bible with science or say, well, this is must have been how it was because X, Y, Z. And 
they almost tried to meld the two, but, but then the question for me is like, well, can't the two coexist, right? Just on kind of different, different planes. I don't know. It strikes me like with, I've been thinking about this quite a bit recently, like faith almost like, is there maybe another dimension of truth that, you know, that we don't think about as much in our like post enlightenment world. Um, but that is like, just as important in a way as science and reason. And as you said, don't those two like come together in beautiful ways that don't necessarily cancel the other out. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. 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 Well, good. Well, I was so glad that you agreed to have this conversation (laughs) with me and that I could hear from a scientist. I'm an English teacher. So like, I don't really know a lot about science, so this was really good for me as well to hear your perspective. Well, thanks. Yeah. I'm still absolutely. working on the English. I forget words and syntax a lot, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to <laughs> hop on my high school uh, uh, virtual class, you're more than welcome to do that, but I have a feeling you're busy. Oh, congrats on that. So. Good. Yeah. yeah. Just like getting that up and running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's yeah. It's fine. Summer's almost here, so. Anyway. All right, Jack. Well, thank you so much. Um, And to our listeners, I hope that you all um, continue to listen to the Distancing Diaries series. And if you have any young adults in your life that you think would enjoy this series um, or other spiritual resources or chances to connect with young adults in the diocese or just other young adults um, in the church in Central North Carolina, Download the Yeah app. You can find us at YAHNC on any smartphone app store. y'all james here again that's it for this episode of and also with y'all we hope you enjoyed it thank you jack for your vulnerability and thanks eliza for more information or if you're searching for a spiritual home as you heard eliza say please check out the yeah nc app you can find links to this and other podcasts and other christian meditations or you can visit us online at www e-p-i-s-d-i-o-n-c dot org. See you next time for more Distancing Diaries with Caleb and Eliza. Thanks a lot for listening. God be with y'all.